You know what I'm saying? We all make mistakes. We all human. This is his show. This is the minefield show. They gonna say it whether you like it or not, whether it hurts your feelings or not. So take it, receive it, get the free game, receive it, and do what you do, please, with your life. It's season three. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for the minefield. Seven, 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 seven basketball players in a row. Seven basketball players in a row. Seven basketball players in a row. It's episode 61. Welcome to The Minefield, MF22, 2022, season three. Quick update from Indiana on Peter V, our main, you know, Patreon, gold level Patreon supporter, early supporter of the minefield. We, he was going to be taken off a ventilator. I didn't know if that was good news or bad news. And it was, you know, we were worried about him. We're still worried about him. But he reached out to a friend of the show, my legal counsel for the show got a text from him earlier today, and that is a really, really good sign. If his recovery is at the point where he's reaching out to my legal counsel. So what I'm saying is that positive wave that we sent to Indiana last week, that's what did it. You're welcome, Peter. The minefield has healed you. The power of positivity Meditation. No, but seriously, he's got a long road ahead of him. Wanted to give you a quick update on that as we start episode 61. I was at the gas station. uh, I was walking in and I realized that one of the guys out in front of the gas station was going to ask me for a favor. On my way in, he was like making eye contact and like nodding at me. Very polite, which is a terrible sign if you're in a gas station parking lot. I know it sounds contrary to, it sounds cynical, it sounds contrary to like positive mindset, but if you're in a gas station and you're walking along and someone behind you goes, excuse me, sir, they're not being polite. Someone's about to ask you for a favor or for money or for whatever. So I knew going into it, that this guy who had a prosthetic leg on uh, the lower part of his right leg. And uh, he was standing out front, very friendly eye contact on the way in. And on the way out, he said, excuse me, sir, as I got up to my car. If I did the real voice, I think I would get canceled, which would actually probably be great because it would bump my numbers a little bit. But I don't want to do his real voice because it's going to sound racist. When in actuality, it would just be a good impression of the way he sounded. But anyway, so he said, uh, yeah, can I get a ride over to uh, Kroger over over there? And you know what? I was like, yeah, definitely. Sure. Let's go. 
what's your name? And he was like, Walter. And I was like, good to meet you. And we jumped in my Subaru. And I was like, yeah, I'm on my way to work. Why not? Just It was not on the way. I was going in the opposite direction, ultimately. And I was like, why not? Sure. Yeah. I mean, where I lived in Athens, there were a, there was a lot of polite gas station parking lot talk. I lived in a, a rough part of town that had a lot of ex- really polite people at gas stations. So I'm, you know, it's not the first time I've given somebody a ride or or whatever. He's a shorter guy. He was older. He looked like he was in his late fifties or early sixties. He was short. Like I said, he only had one and a half leg. I just wasn't. I did not find him to be intimidating at all. He wasn't carrying anything with him. He was just wearing like a t-shirt and shorts and uh that's so why i gave him a ride to kroger and then as we got closer he said actually can you take me to whole foods and so i said sure wondering why he was going to whole foods instead of kroger um because he was saying that you know he had financial troubles we're gonna cut all this on the way over though what do we talk about but uh, other you know on the way over there cut we talk about hip-hop like the 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 sad state of hip-hop and he's like lamenting these youngsters who are like tattooed up faces and talking about this and that and talking about this and that. And he's like, he's talking about like how terrible it is that teenage girls are have OnlyFans accounts and they're getting tips and Japanese men are watching them like eat a large pizza on OnlyFans and stuff. And I'm going, it's just terrible. Honestly, did agree. I did agree. It wasn't like I was stretching the truth either. I agreed with everything he said. Hip hop was a lot better a couple decades ago. <laughs> uh, it's been on a decline, especially in the mainstream. And yeah, eating a large pizza for some Japanese men. I mean, tisk tisk. How terrible is that? It's awful. For some, just for research purposes, though, I would like to see that video. Actually, I would like to see it. And I'm googling. Now, so we're just hitting it off, you know. I'm taking him to Whole Foods now instead of Kroger. He says he's got a job interview there, so just drop him off out front. He said, Yeah, I took the bus as far as I could take it. It's raining, whatever. I had to get up here, just looking for a ride. Jumped out at a quick trip, met me with his eye contact on the way in, on the way out, asked me for a ride. Now I'm taking him there, and we're talking about how these uh, tattooed faced uh, youngsters mumble SoundCloud rappers are ruining good hip-hop music. I drop him off, and he asked for some money on the way out, and I gave him money, actually. And uh, I, you know, was pulled out of the Whole Foods and kind of turned around and was headed back towards towards work. And I saw him just, he never went into the Whole Foods. He just walked I turned. I, I drove behind the building, and he just walked down the the entrance from the Whole Foods down to the main road again, where I was turning to go back home, and he couldn't see me. And he was chatting some guy in a truck up on the way across the street. He was making his way across the street, headed towards Zaxby's, headed towards Home Depot. And I tell you, anytime I'm in South Georgia, 
Anytime I'm anywhere near Baxley, Georgia, I got to head over to Zaxby's in Baxley. It's a great time to talk about that. The best Zaxby's in South Georgia, honestly, probably the best Zaxby's in the state of Georgia. Zaxby's in Baxley, Georgia. Stop by and have one on. (laughs) Stop by and have a chicken leg on me. Mention the Minefield podcast at the desk and they'll take it from there. Zaxby's in Baxley, Georgia. But it got me thinking about another one-legged Walter who I didn't give rides to, but a buddy of mine did a lot, had a lot of run-ins with. And I I mean, I feel like he was a pretty well-known guy for people who hung out in downtown Athens between uh, you know in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, and the early 2000s. There was a guy in a wheelchair with one leg named Walter, same name, and he was pretty well-known amongst downtown people who were either people who just went out a lot. You just you would encounter him a lot, and he would scream and yell at people to like give him money and give him a ride, and he, was, he proved that beggars can also be choosers over and over again because he would yell at us about like whatever we were doing to help him, he would have a problem with, and like we'd be like loading him into the back of someone's truck and he'd be yelling at us for like jostling him or whatever, even though this guy's going to like drive him home. He, there was, he was high maintenance and asking for a lot, but his name was Walter and it was, it was similar. My, my Walter that I'm, who I met recently, who we talked about Takashi six, nine and stuff. He was a positive guy. He was like a real positive guy. He was like, I'm going to this job interview, which he definitely wasn't going to. But, you know, he was full of compliments and just very positive and very outgoing. The Walter in Athens, though, years ago, he was an older man, felt bad for him. And my buddy Casey drove him home multiple times in his truck, you know, like, somehow slung him up like sometimes even by himself like somehow got him and the you put the wheelchair in the back or whatever and drove him home and like set up the wheelchair and got him in there and then then you know he's the whole time he's like yelling (laughs) he's like yelling at him and then as he leaves he's asking you for money again you know i know he's not with us anymore i'm gonna ask the old school athens facebook group though if any, for, for everyone's Walter memories, I have this sinking suspicion that they're all very similar to mine. Let's get into some UFO news. Teens talk, teens matter. Teens. Oh, right, sorry, wrong one. Don't forget, the minefield is also a UFO podcast. So, here's some UFO stuff. Focusing on Noblesville, Indiana. This is in part a shout out to our buddy Peter, who is recovering up in Indiana from pneumonia. Been in the hospital for a while now. And I wanted to talk about some UFO sightings in Noblesville, Indiana over the years. Now, I would like to point out that I don't think that any of this is connected to Peter and his family moving to Indiana from Georgia. I want to make sure that no one thinks that I'm accusing him of being connected to these UFO sightings because there's a history of UFO sightings in Hamilton County, in Noblesville, Indiana. And it's actually been written up in the paper. It's not even, this isn't even 
you know, urban legend passed down. The Noblesville Enterprise in 1909 talked about a huge glowing object hanging in the sky. It was hanging over an area called Johnstown, which is actually the neighborhood that most of the city's brothels were uh, located. Well, it turns out it was just Mars in close conjunction with Earth. After an Indianapolis astronomer stepped in and pointed that out, there have been meteor strikes. However, there have been unexplained instances, too. In 1948, in the middle of the summer, the sheriff, Kerry Davis, and his wife, who was also a deputy, Roland Gilkey, and several other Hamilton County residents saw what looked like a ball of flame passing in the sky on the northwest side of town. Now, according to the ledger, it appeared to be the size of a softball and was moving slowly from south to north. It was in sight for several minutes and cast a dull glow of light but gave no sound. Sheriff Davis thought it was some kind of trailblazer for other aircraft. That same article actually mentioned that two airline pilots had seen the same sort of object near Atlanta, Georgia, the day before. Now, where did Peter live before he moved to Noblesville, Indiana? Well, Metro Atlanta, Georgia. <clears throat> now, this instance I was talking about with the sheriff seeing the glowing red trailblazer that happened in 1948 so i want to point out again i'm not saying that peter has anything to do with all these ufo sightings because i don't think he does of course lots and lots of modern day sightings we use mufon's homepage, the mutual ufo network one of our sponsors and of course we rely on their thorough investigations for our ufo segment every week noblesville had 5,154 sightings in 2021 on MUFON, and they actually have uh, 114,000 all-time sightings listed on the website. And so that's got to be a sliver of all the sightings for the area, but it's still a big number for Noblesville, Indiana. 1999, there's a report, almost looked like Jupiter, orange, very strange, hanging in the sky. 2003, someone says, on MUFON, triangle-shaped object outlined in blue-green lights was big and fast. 2012, a mention of silent crafts flying over Noblesville, Indiana. Now, if you use MUFON's live UFO map, you'll see that there's a cluster of sightings over the Crownland Cemetery on Monument Street, right next to the East Middle School and Noblesville High School. A big you know, section where there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, sighting, 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 and a lot of them coming from the cemetery. Saw a UFO in a photo taken by a friend for a photography project. I think they were over at the high school. Was not subject of photo, just happened to be in the background and not noticed until some time after the photo was taken. But there's definitely something going on because when you, you step back on the UFO map, you start to look at other communities, you're not seeing the kind of numbers that Noblesville puts up. Now, this one is the one that jumped out at me. And this was safe to say that Peter was not in Indiana at the time of this sighting. This occurred very specifically, as according to the report, on July 15th of 1970. Now, it was reported in June of 2015. So 
little bit of a gap there. But they were very specific about it. It was July 15th, 1970. The report says, saw UFO close, comma, could see in windows, comma, saw one human-like and many small child-like. Now, to translate that, um, I think they're talking about the object and that they got close to the object, the actual UFO, looked in through the windows of the UFO and saw an adult and small children. Then I clicked on detailed description, and no, that's not what they saw at all. Hanging out with friends on 16th Street near North Street. Saw a bright light coming from the east. Landing lights of an airplane. Object went from real small to size of a city block in length. It went from traveling west to traveling southwest. I could not believe what I am seeing. After which no one would believe me. It traveled beyond my sight over the trees had no sound, no mention of the human-like, and no mention of the small child-like. Something happened, though, on that night in July 1970. Something happened. No one believed the guy who reported it in Noblesville, Indiana. Something's been happening. And one thing is that Gold Level Patreon supporter Peter is getting better. That's good news. So to wherever you are, good night from the desert. You're now leaving MF-22.